please bow your heads to pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, it's been four months since lockdown started in the UK. Maybe uh, life has continued as normal for you over these last four months. Uh, maybe you've actually enjoyed the changes. But maybe, just maybe, you've been finding this season really tough. Uh, working from home for more hours and later than you normally would. Uh, being alone or isolated, having not even held another person's hand uh, for so long now. Uh, struggling to help your children to learn basic so concepts that you've long forgotten. Uh, anxious about catching COVID and the impact that it will have on, on your health and on your family. Fearful of passing COVID on to someone else unknowingly. Frustrated at the communication, communication gap constantly between you and the people around you. Disappointed at losing your job or being furloughed. Angry at having to work extra hard because your company have furloughed or sacked everyone else or your colleagues are shielding or isolating at home. Tired of the monotony. Confused by the emotions you're now experiencing towards those you thought you'd loved the most, having now spent so long in close contact with them. Grieving the loss of someone you love. Depressed by the bleak horizon. Overwhelmed by everything. Over the next four weeks, uh, we will be listening to the psalmists as they sing from their hearts to their God. Our hope is that as we listen, uh, we too would find help for us to lament, to express our fear, to admit our weariness, but yet through it all to find hope in our Lord. Today we lament. What God is saying to us from his word today is this. Trust in your loving God and bring your lament to him with songs of praise in your heart. Trust in your loving God and bring your lament to him with songs of praise in your heart. But I fear that we need to clear a lot of rubble from the surface of our hearts before the tender shoots of praise can spring up in the midst of our pain. So let's begin. British people are famous around the world for our stiff upper lip for our keep calm and carry on attitude, for our belief that a nice cup of tea will just make everything all the more better. We are often private and proud people, and we're known for our black sense of humour and our sarcasm making light of tough situations. We tend to be sceptical about talking therapies and are nervous about our feelings as a generalisation. But this is not just our culture, is it? Uh, we can find this in our churches too. And I wonder if part of our difficulty with lamenting is actually in how Christian culture has shaped us. In more conservative church circles, Christians speak about the joy and privilege of sacrificing for Jesus, speaking about hardships and trials as being gifts to help make us more like him. And this is all true, but it neglects the fact that Sacrifices hurt and hardships are, well, hard. In more charismatic church circles, Christians can lack a category for suffering. Believing that we've been promised good things by a God who has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. 
and the Spirit empower people, we have the resources to carry us through all the storms of this life again. True words. But I've been speaking with a friend recently who lost their faith a few years back after some real struggles in their life leading to a depression. They couldn't see why God would allow these things, so they turned their back on him. I've cancelled a married man in the past following a breakdown of a relationship that was so painful that he turned away from God for allowing so much hurt in his life. Why is this? My friends from other more developing nations tell me that perhaps this is because suffering is such a novelty to us in our part of the world. We have developed an economy which makes our lowest wage earners some of the wealthiest people in the world. We have a healthcare service that prolongs life and limits our discomfort and pain. We have a benefit structure that provides our poorest citizens with access to basic necessities and even luxuries. Childbearing carries far less risks and infant mortality rates are low. We have an education system that entitles every child to three, a free world-class learning. We have an infrastructure that helps to rebuild and provide in response to natural disasters. What I'm saying is that our wealth, our education, our healthcare mean that by and large, we're not used to things being broken or being hard, at least not for very long. And so for many of us, when disasters strike, like we're experiencing now in COVID, we don't know how to respond. We can't fix it. We can't buy our way out of it. We can't work our way through it. And we can't think up a long-term solution. So when we actually stop to think about it, we often realise that actually we are left helpless in the middle of it all. With uncertainties around how long this will last and a growing fear that the more questions we ask, the more we come to realise that there aren't any answers. And for many of us, this is a scary and alien experience, at least for those of us who have grown up in the West. So when we feel crushed under the weight of these uncertainties, fears and emotions, what do we do? Must we bottle it up with our stiff upper lips and our slogans and our cups of tea? As Christians, does saying these things out loud demonstrate a lack of faith that we might actually deep down in our souls think that the gospel, which means good news, that the gospel actually isn't good news? Are we worried that maybe God doesn't love us as much as we think he does and that his spirit really isn't as powerful or as powerful as we claim that he is? Brothers and sisters, if any of this describes you or how you see your relationship with God, then hear me when I say that God loves you and wants you to throw off the restrictions of your faith and your British reserve or your scepticism and to cry out to him with all the raw emotions of your heart. Trust in your loving God and bring your lament to him with songs of praise in your heart. Can you feel the raw desperation of David's prayer? Verses one to two. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? 
How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts day after day with sorrow in my heart? How long? David knows that this will pass. He knows that it will end, but his cry is, how long? Do you feel forgotten by God? Do you feel that he has hidden his face from you? That in your despair, in your anguish, when you need him most, it feels like he's nowhere to be seen. How long, O oh Lord? Like an anxiety or a depressive episode, David speaks of, of wrestling with his thoughts, his energy being sapped from mentally churning over whether God is with him or not. Like waves crashing relentlessly on a pebble beach, knocking your legs out from under you every time you try to stand up. Arms reaching out to God for support, to strengthen you, to lift you from your despair. But his face is hidden by the dark clouds that cast shadows over your misery and fill your heavy heart with sorrow. How long, O oh Lord? Verse 2. How long will my enemy triumph over me? David knew enemies. He was hounded by King Saul. He was let down by his allies. His own son rebelled and drove him out of the city he loved in tears. David knew what it was like to be persecuted, to fear for his life, to live on the edge of the precipice. But we can feel our enemies triumphing over us too, can't we? Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Now, we may have real enemies hounding us down, making our lives a misery. But as believers, we all have the devil and his demons whispering to us, convincing us that, Things are hopeless, tempting us not to trust in our God. COVID-19 may not itself be an enemy, but we can certainly say that it is being used as a weapon of the enemy to attack and besiege us, just like the sores and boils afflicted upon Job by the devil. Cry out to God. How long, O Lord? When will this end? When will your sovereign hands turn back the tide? But as Christians, Christians on this side of the cross, our trust is rooted in the fulfilment of God's promises. Verse 5, as David cries to God, he reminds himself that God has shown unfailing love to Israel time and time and time again, that God has proven himself trustworthy and faithful in the past, despite David's current experiences. That his heart can rejoice in the promises of salvation that only the Lord can bring. And this turns David to song, verse 6, singing praises to God for the goodness he has shown him in the past, despite the present realities he's living through. David's trust in God was based on a promise of a future salvation for him, verse 5. Trust in your loving God and bring your lament to him with songs of praise in your heart. Our trust 
is in something much stronger than David's. Because our trust is not rooted in a, a future hope, but in a past certainty that God has demonstrated his unfailing love for us, his children, by sending his son, our Lord and Saviour Jesus, to rescue us. Jesus, who wrestled with his own thoughts to the point of sweating blood on the night before he was crucified. Jesus, who cried out in the garden in lament to his father, not hiding his emotions, but being real and raw with God. Jesus, who felt the full measure of Satan's power as the enemy brutally tortured him and nailed him to a cross to die. Jesus, who felt completely forgotten, forsaken and alone on that cross. To the watching world, it looked like the enemy, Satan and death, had triumphed over Jesus on that Friday. But through it all, in spite of his present realities, despite all the malicious words thrown at him, Jesus trusted completely in his Father God to bring him through to salvation. Jesus, who on the cross dying sung psalms, songs to his Father. And to show the whole world how happy he was with his Son, by the power of his holy and life-giving Spirit on the third day, he rose Jesus back to life from the grave, defeating the devil, defeating death, to prove to all of us who believe that God can be trusted. That God's love is unfailing. That our salvation is secure. Amen. Like Jesus, we can bring our lament to God. We can cry out to him in our pain, in our despair, in our anguish, just like David did. But because of Jesus, we know for sure and for certain that our cries have already been answered in part. And one day, all our suffering, all our pain, all our anxieties will fade away. As our Lord Jesus wipes every tear from our eyes with his nail-pierced hands and welcomes us into his eternal joy. Let me encourage you to find songs to sing to God in the midst of your despair. Songs that recognise your pain, that don't gloss over your feelings, but anchor you in his sure and certain promises. And if you don't yet trust in the unfailing love of God, let me encourage you to cry out to him all the same. Because he hears you and he sent his son to rescue you even though you don't yet know it. Trust in your loving God and bring your lament to him with songs of praise in your heart. Amen. We're now going to turn to a time of prayer, using prayers of lament to guide us through. Our first few prayers have the response, my hope is in God's word. And I invite you to join in with them on the screen when you hear it. So please bow your heads to pray. Out of the depths I have called to you, Lord. Let your ears be open to hear my voice. My hope is in God's word. If you recorded all our sins, who could come before you? We say together. My hope is in God's word. There is forgiveness with you. 
therefore you shall be feared. My hope is in God's word. My soul is longing for the Lord more than those who watch for daybreak. My hope is in God's word. O Israel, wait for the Lord, for the Lord there is mercy. My hope is in God's word. Shield us, Lord, from all evil and lift us from apathy and despair. That even when we are terrified, we may trust in your power to save through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, may the tears shed in your earthly life be balm for all who weep today. And may the prayers of your pilgrimage give strength to all who suffer today for your mercy's sake. Amen. From your royal throne, O God, you sent your living word to pierce the gloom of oppression. So in our soul's night, come with your saving help and penetrate our darkness with the rays of your glory. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, you hide your face when we trust in ourselves. Strip us of false security and reclothe us in your praise, that we may know you as the one who raises us from death, as you raised your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, when fear and anxiety besiege us and hope is veiled in grief, hold us in your wounded hands and make your face shine on us again. For you are our Lord and God. Amen. Come, Creator Spirit, source of life. Sustain us when our hearts are heavy and our wells have run dry. For you are the Father's gift, with him who is our living water, Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Father, we commend to your faithful love those who are crying from the depths. Help them to watch and pray through their time of darkness. Ensure hope of the dawn of your forgiveness and redemption. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please now join me in saying the prayer that Jesus himself taught us using the words on the screen if you need them. We say together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. As we move through this series in the Psalms together, we're going to include an original piece of reflective music based on each week's psalm after our sermon. Our prayer is that you would respond uh, to what God is saying to you in your heart by his spirit, from his word, from our sermon, or perhaps from the prayers we've just said as you listen. So we invite you to use these next few minutes to prayerfully reflect, giving God's spirit space to work in your heart for him to apply his truths to you. <laughs> 